Hello, and welcome to the WWIA Podcast. We're honored to have you join us in our mission to bring honor, connection, and healing to America's combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, we welcome you. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Please be sure to tell others about our podcast and leave us a review if you're enjoying what you're hearing. 2023 is almost in the books, and it's been another outstanding year of serving, honoring, and changing the lives of America's combat-wounded veterans. On this final episode of the year, WWIA founder and CEO John McDaniel provides us with WWIA's Year in Review. John gives us an overview of the Foundation's mission throughout 2023, including some of the year's highlights, as well as what's in store for the upcoming year. Over the past 17 years, it has been and remains a high honor and privilege to partner with so many incredible patriotic hosts, guides, volunteers, donors, supporters, and remarkable communities across North America to bring honor, connection, and healing to our heroes. We move into 2024 with anticipation and gratitude, and we hope that the new year will bring you blessings, health, and happiness. Without further ado, let's join John now for the WWIA Year in Review. Hi, I'm John McDaniel, founder and CEO of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation, and this is our podcast, Honor, Connect, and Heal. Well, folks, hey, listen, I, I, I just I was encouraged to do this, to, to, to do a year-end review for the year 2023, so that's what I'm doing, and um, proud to do it. I just got off of a, a board meeting yesterday, you know, our annual board meeting that we do with our board of directors. I think that went well. Uh, you know, I always use that as an opportunity to, uh, you know, hold my feet to the fire. That's the way I, I, I like it. The, I, I report to the board members. Um, I exist because they, you know, allow me to do that. And that's the way I, I, I look at that. Um, and so I take that, uh, you know, very seriously. And I try to recap, you know, what happened during the year and where's my focus, you know, where the organizational focus uh, or my focus in particular as a, you know, as the boss, the guy in charge, where are we going? Okay. In, you know, in 2024 and beyond. So I did that. The, the board, the, uh, the message, if you will, the, the was well received. And I just thought I would, you know, talk a little bit about that before I get into that though, what I wanted to say to everybody out there who's uh, helped make this happen, you know, this, this mission set, the foundation's uh, operations. I wanted to say thank you. You know, if you're if you're supporting it on the ground by hosting an event, if you're one of our valued hosts, or if you're one of our guides that's uh, out there leading operations, or if you're a supporter, uh, you're just uh, you know providing resource uh, to the foundation. I wanted to say thank you. 2023 marked our 17th year, I believe it was of continuous operations helping our nation's combat-wounded Purple Heart recipients by providing world-class outdoor sporting activities that uh, help them uh, recover from the traumas of war, their experiences, and, you know, honor, connect, and heal. And I'll get into all of that because we got a whole bunch of very exciting and interesting data and things that happened in the year that I want to discuss here. But first and foremost, <clears throat> we're a charity, okay? We exist because of 
of basically you, the listeners, who are supporting what we're doing. And, um, you know, it, it can't be done alone. There, there's just no way. This is expensive business. 2022 and 2023 were, you know, odd years. This has been kind of challenging. I mean, coming out of the pandemic and then going into a period of, of massive inflation, <laughs> like a 233% increase in inflation. And when people have less money to uh, spend or less money in their wallet or their wallet, their money doesn't go as far, then, you know, you can imagine what happens to, you know, charities, you know, they, they get less money. And that, in fact, was, you know, uh, true uh, for, for the foundation, although we, we had a, we, we rebounded very, very well. Uh, and I reported that to the board, but it mostly because of a few, and I'm not going to call anybody out because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but you know, there, there's a handful of people that I made some phone calls and, you know, said, Hey, listen, you know, we need, we need some help here. Um, and, and they stepped up to the plate and did phenomenally well and helped us, you know, get, get past a rough patch, you know, Q1, Q2 of 2023. But, um, I'm, I'm going to save some of that for, for later on in the podcast, but I wanted to make sure that I, I highlighted, you know, the, the tremendous hosts, uh, um, uh, what you, what you've done to, to help, you know, the, the organization. When I say host, for those that don't know, I mean, our hosts, we, we, we conducted in, in 2023, we, we did 37 missions across the country, uh, and, and probably just about as many states, I you know, I imagine, but those missions are, you know, extended operations, okay, where that's usually starts on a on a Thursday or a Friday and ends on a, a Sunday or a Monday, sometimes Tuesday. But you know, they, they are operations, you know, three to four days where where we're hosting a handful, you know, five, sometimes more, combat wounded Purple Heart recipients on these events, hunting and fishing uh, opportunities across the country. And these hosts that we have, these 37 uh, different missions, that we did were all volunteers. Okay, we don't pay anybody to do those things. They they found the organization, the foundation, the WWI, and they said they wanted to help. And we we built a, an operation around them. You know, we, they told us what they wanted to do, and uh, you know, we we helped shape that mission. We resourced uh, you know the mission in many cases. Of course, they're they're all now doing fundraising for their own activities, which you know certainly helps. Uh, but these are great Americans who are opening their homes and giving access to their property, to their neighbors' properties all across the country. So our heroes, our wounded veterans, can go out and hunt and fish, and and it's quite you know incredible. Now I'll get into the data here in a little bit. You know we partnered with Cornell University years ago, and Dr. Keith Tidball's been the the driving force behind that, but. Uh, here, the last couple of years, we've been c collecting primary data, um, uh, and we've asked the heroes before the event and and then after the event. You know, how'd you feel about this? You know, these protective factors, I guess, is what they're being referred to as. You know, those that you know, protective factors that help people be whole and and well and and adjusted. And of course, you know, in the same at the same time, if you're whole, well adjusted, and recovering uh, from your wartime experiences, you're you're less likely to you know, take your life, right? And, and and I don't want to turn this into a, you know, a dark corner, but as you know, we're losing, you know, 20 veterans a day to suicide. And that's just, that's horrible. That's unconscionable to me. And of course, you know, the foundation's done very, very well. I don't, in 17 years, I'm personally not aware of any 
of our veterans in our population that have taken their life. Thank, thank, thank God. You know, and, and there's a reason for that. And the data that we have and that we've been collecting for the last several years, primary data uh, from those that we are serving, the Purple Heart recipients in that community that we're serving, uh, is very, very positive. And I want to share that with you because I think, I think you'll enjoy, you know, uh, and be proud. You should be very proud of what you're doing, whether you're a host uh, or one of our valued guides that's providing leadership on the ground as an interface between the host, the heroes, and the foundation. I mean, these great Americans, these men and women that are doing that mission have been through our guide school. They're trained, they're certified, and, and they're doing phenomenal. This is peer-to-peer leadership. You know, once upon a time, I, I, was, I was doing it. You know, I still do it up at Camp Hackett. I'm still the original host. You know, I still have heroes in my camp every year, several times a year, I might add. But, um, you know, these other missions, these 37 other missions across the country are, you know, essentially replicas in one uh, way, shape, or form of the original mission set up there at Camp Hackett, you know? And so it's, it's just so inspiring to me. And so I'm so grateful for all that you've done to help us do this. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing short of amazing. So, um, yeah, we served 166 combat wounded uh, Purple Heart recipients in, in 2023. That's the number. And we had 63 um, new applicants, right? So that's good. There's a healthy um, pipeline of new applicants, which is great. So if you want to help and you know a Purple Heart recipient um, who, should, you know, who would like to get involved into the great outdoors and this amazing uh, organization and mission set, then please, by all means, get them connected to us. We'd, we'd, we'd love that. But I, I just wanted to mention, you know, some of the highlights, the things that I reported to, you know, to the board, you know, to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit. So you, the general public or our hosts and our guides and our supporters, you know, can kind of get a sense for, you know, what happened in 2023. Um, like any, you know, business, this is a business, but it's a charity, but it's a business. The only difference between what we're doing and what other businesses do, you know, businesses exist to make profit. If they don't make profit, they don't stick around long at all. So the objective for any business and small business person out there is to make business profits, period, dot. You know, this, the, we're not, people don't go into business to make themselves feel good. People go into business to make a living and money and profit, right? Because you get profit you know, you can, you know, you can invest in new equipment, you can do, you know, more operations, you can, you know, try something new, you know, you can do more advertising, you hire more people, you know, profits is, you know, business profits are what make the world go round, you know, and the only difference, really, there's only two major differences between a charity, there's actually a lot, but I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll get off my soapbox, but I want to mention it, you know, um, the, the major differences are that, uh, one, we're not taxed, okay? We, we brought in, I think the numbers were, of course, the year's not over. It's, it's, it's uh, 20 December uh, 2023, and maybe I'll get back to that important date, but it is, in fact, the date that uh, this, this country began combat, operation, combat operations in Panama in 1989 and, and, and then into 1990 a little bit. So... Anyway, um, I have a close connection to that, obviously. I thought I'd throw that in there for you. But um, yeah, so here, here we are doing this business. 
And, um, you, you know, I, I, I want to just, you know, say thanks to everybody who, who helped get, get us to where we are, of course. But, you know, going back to the difference in, in you know, in, in uh, profit versus nonprofit, um, you know, we don't pay taxes on that money. The government gave us a piece of paper, a declaration back in 2000. I filed in, I think, 07, or I started doing operations in 06. And then I think in 07, I was like, you know, this is when I retired, this is really working. This is really good. You know, let's put a pack together and ask the government to, uh, you know, declare us a charity. So in 2009, two years later, excuse me, I had to have some coffee. I drink a lot of coffee. It's the morning time. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, the, uh, the, the government, uh, you know, once they, they looked at all our, our paperwork back in 08 time frame, I think it was, in in 2009, they said, yes, you're, you know, you've, you've done all the right things, you, you know, Dominus Ominous, they sprinkled holy water on us and we got a, a 501c3 status. Okay, that's what happened. Which means that for every dollar that we pull in that we use for our mission, to support our mission, we don't have to pay tax on it. So you as a person that's giving us money, you know, the, the, you get a tax deduction for helping a charity, right? And put that on your, on your 1099 or whatever attacks in businesses, you know, you have their own filing system, but for individuals and businesses, you, know, you get a tax break, right? And so we don't have to pay money. We don't have to pay taxes. We're a charity. So that's one break. The other, the other one difference, the other, because business, businesses do have to pay taxes, as you know, right? So federal and sometimes state uh, taxes on their, on, on their proceeds. We don't have to do that. Thank God. Um, but also, you know, another difference is at the end of the year, if there's money left over in the coffers in, in a private business, you know, you get to either distribute that to shareholders if you have them, right, in the way of profits, if you're a publicly traded company, or, you know, um, you know people get bonuses, right, in the civilian world, uh, or the owners stick the money in their pocket. You know, they can choose to reinvest it in the business, but you know, we, we don't get to do that, or we don't do that, right? So we, we all, if there's anything left over at the end of the year, it goes back into the business, right? So that's, that's a, you know, major difference between profit and nonprofit, just, you know, a little sidebar there in case you're tracking the bouncing ball. But anyway, um, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a good year, okay? Um, some of the highlights, you know, our overhead percentage, it stayed right around 10%, I think 10.5%. Now, that means 90 cents on the dollar goes directly to support, you know, the mission, the program. 10% is what we use to, to run it, you know, like the, you know, hey, we have to, we have rent we have to pay. We're in a building. There's lights. It needs air conditioning, you know, as an example. Some of these are some of the overhead uh, things that, that, you know, that get put into a category of, uh, uh, you know, administrative overhead. And that's very low. Most charities are at 30, 40, 50%. We're at 10, okay? So that's pretty good. We're proud of that. And by the way, that formula comes from the United States government. We didn't make it up. It comes off of our 990, and that's what we use. So there you have it, 10.5% for 2023. Uh, happy with that. Um, we, we did, we launched this podcast series. And you're, you're listening to it now. But, you know, here we are in a year. I don't know. I think we said we wanted to do two a month. You know, so 24, but we actually did 36. I exceeded the standard. <laughs> so we exceeded the standard, thanks to your help. But, you know, we interviewed a lot of people. It's great. You know, there was uh, 1,300 downloads. You know, that's a lot. That puts us in the top 40%, you know, of all podcasts, you know, that are out there. So that's pretty good. Folks are listening to this. 
Um, you know, I think the vast majority uh, of you are listening on your handheld devices, you know, on your mobile phones. That's how I listen to uh, the podcasts I listen to. Um, but yeah, so it's it's great. You know, we did there. We got a we got a lot more planned. You know, I want to. There's a lot of great folks I want to talk to out there, and this is a good message. You know, way of of platforming messages to a broad audience. So yeah, that's all good. Wanted to you know mention that, of course. Um, I I would also say. You know, some this is on the highlights. Okay, this is the agenda. I'm just reading off the agenda to the the board annual board meeting that I just had yesterday. I'm leaving some of the inside baseball stuff off because, quite frankly, it'd probably bore you and 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 it wouldn't be of much interest to anybody. But I highlighted some of these things that that I think are super important and cool that you might find interesting about the the WWIA and and one of those things in the highlight category is that Camp Hackett, you know, our longest standing, continuously run mission in the Northwoods of Wisconsin had a lot of great change happen to it, you know, because of a lot of great people. You know, we were able to expand that uh, uh, facility up there. Um, and and thanks to Mike Reed and a bunch of other great volunteers, um, we put an ADA compliant wing on the existing bunkhouse so that we can now begin to um, serve our, our combat wounded um, that are that have severe mobility issues, those that are in wheelchairs and living with paralysis. And so that's great. And Mike just did an amazing job. I just can't even tell you how proud I am of, of him and, and, and all those that helped, you know, produce that addition. It's phenomenal. It's really, really cool. And it's American Disabilities Act compliant, and now we had a bat. We had, Mike did a bathroom with a grant of some monies from um, the Reeves Foundation, and um, a couple years ago, so we have an ADA compliant bathroom in there now, and now this wing. So um, phenomenal. And on top of that, <laughs> Matt, one of our heroes, uh, Matt Brennan, who's uh, from Boaz, Alabama, he he has been through our guide school. He's at, he's got his own mission, a couple of missions he's running in, in Alabama, and he's just got a network of amazing supporters in his community and people. And one of those amazing supporters is a guy by the name of Kyle Bennett. Okay, and Kyle is the president of Cabco Builders. All right, and so we had up at Camp Hackett this year, we had a safety symposium for the guides. Every other year, we kind of take a tactical pause and bring the uh, we have 21 guides uh, that we've trained through our guide school, and we, and we bring them to Camp Hackett, and uh, we we do a, a, a safety symposium. We focus on safety standards, and to make sure that you know our operations are are safe and we're doing things properly. And so, in that in that at that event, Kyle had uh, I'm sorry, um, Matt had never been at uh, uh, up at Camp Hackett before. And he's kind of looking around. And he sees the airstream, he sees the bunkhouse, and he, he pulls me aside. And he goes, you dragging that thing? Looking at the airstream, he's saying, you dragging that thing up here from Florida every year? And I go, yep, because that's where I stay, you know? I mean, I, the bunkhouse is the bunkhouse. There's no room at the end for the boss. The heroes are in there, so I need a place to stay. And, uh, you know, I had a big 40-foot behemoth fifth-wheeler that I bought in 07 and dragged up there originally, and that's what I stayed out of. Actually, that's what we all stayed out of for many years. And then, uh, like the movie Life After People, eventually Camp Hackett and the critters ate the the fifth wheel. And it just it was 
it was kind of, uh, it was no longer serviceable. Let's just say that when, you know, the squirrels living in my mattress and all this, you know, true story. Uh, so anyway, we got rid of that and I ended up getting a used Airstream, you know, to drag up there and, and, and uh, do uh, so that I could have a place uh, to stay when I'm up there, you know, doing these missions. So anyway, that's that. And he, he looks at that and he goes, you dragging it up here? I go, yeah, I am. He goes, hmm. Because what do you think about me getting a hold of Kyle and Capco Builders and asking Kyle, you know, if, if he and his family would be, you know, willing to build you, you know, something a little more permanent? You know, that's what they do. They, they're builders. You know, they build these amazing, um, you know, single and double wide trailers that are all to government standards, you know, hurricane rated, ADA compliant if you want it, insulated to like Canadian standards. These things are like bomb proof, right? And I looked at them and I go... Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you should ask him if, I mean, heck, we're a charity, you know. I mean, I, I met him at a fundraiser. I met Kyle, amazing American, super philanthropist. Their business is just doing great and have been, you know, has been doing great for many, many years. And um, so, yeah, you know, Matt disappears and, and he comes back about, as I remember, about Ten minutes later, he goes, "Yep, Kyle said yes." Like, <laughs> oh, he said yes, you know. And so, long story short, they built this. We had, we got a film. We got a little. There's a, a film coming out. I don't want to spoil that, but a short little film that's been uh, still, I guess, being produced on 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 that. But Capco Builders built the foundation a sixty by sixteen two bedroom two bath ADA compliant home. In Boaz, Alabama, at Cabco, and then they put it on the back of a semi trailer and drove it straight up to Camp Hackett, and we installed it after we built this concrete pad and yada yada yada, and and there it sits. And that was at the end of 2023, and the snow was flying <laughs> when that thing got delivered. And so you know, God bless them. I mean, you talk about highlights. And it's just a game changer. Now, you know, we can, uh, with the addition of the bunkhouse and and this ADA-compliant, uh, beautiful 60-by-16 um, uh, home, you know, we're in business now. You know, this idea of, you know, building a lodge, you know, we don't have to do that a a anymore. We're, we're all set now. And so uh, thank you very much to Kyle Bennett uh, and Cabco Builders and, and, of course, Matt Bren for, you know, introducing us to such a wonderful person and, and, and company and community. I mean, it's just his entire community there, you know, it's just really stepped up to the plate and, and certainly a highlight for us in, in 2023. So thanks for that. As I mentioned, you know, we did a safety symposium. The, the, the Department of Veteran Affairs funded that at Camp Hackett. So now we do a, you know, in the off years, I guess in the odd years we're doing safety symposiums and on the even years we're doing our guide school. So that's, that's intact and that's great. Um, you know, I talk about the foundation, you know, here in, in, you know, I just want to mention it to you in, in terms of a stool, right? Um, so it, think about a stool. You've got three legs on a stool. You know, you've got an operational leg, an admin leg, and then a financial leg. And so my report to the board was, you know, hey, the stools, the stool, you know, is pretty solid. Okay, we we look at these different legs operationally. The foundation's been phenomenal; it always has been. Now, and hey, if you can't get the operations right, I don't care what you're doing in business and life, you know, charity or 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 for profit. If your operations aren't great, you know, you're not going to be great. 
you know? And so at what we're doing, the work we're doing, and I'll start talking about the uh, the data here because I think it's important. I was going to save that, but I'm going to pull up this data here um, from, from, you know, this is preliminary. You know, we're, we're, there's going to be a, an actual uh, public, you know, Keith Tidball, Dr. Keith Tidball is going to publish this because it's it's unbelievable what this data is saying, right, in terms of the work that we're doing. And so, you know, operationally, I'm going to talk about that, and then we'll maybe mention the admin and then the money, that you know, financial. That's the three legs of the stool, operations, admin, and, and, and finances. If you ask me, that's how I, that's how I think about the organization. So, um, you know, the operational leg of the stool is phenomenal, okay? And it's that way because of our hosts. It's that way because of our guides. It's that way because of the communities that support us. You know, it's really the meat and potatoes of what we do, and we do that very, very well. Thanks to all of you that are, that are helping that mission. Um, that's where all the money goes. It, you know, the resources get poured into operations, and that ought to be the strongest piece of what we do, and in fact, it is. Okay, so the data. Let me just share this with you here real quick. Okay, I want to mention this because the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, several years ago came up with this idea of, you know, these protective factors against, you know, um, suicide risk, right? And, 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 and I just, we, when we devised this survey, we, look, we took a hard look at this, you know, because I, Years, a couple of years ago, you know, when we started to really realize that that there was this, you know, uh, you know, epidemic, you know, in, in America, the, you know, the plight of suicide and veterans, I was like, you know, we got to do something. We are, we have been doing something, but I, I, I know that what we're doing is working and is having an effect. But you know, we have to look at this scientifically. So that's what we started to do: turn this into a little science project because. People want to know, you know, they want, you know, hey, it's one thing to say, it's one thing to have qualitative data. You know, I think this is really good. You know, everybody says it's really good. That's qualitative data. You know, I feel really good about this. But, you know, hey, quantitative data, that's what everybody wants. The scientific community and all the people that are giving you money and grants, you know, they want quantitative analysis. They want the data. They want to say, you got, you know, you have to prove to me that this is working. And the only way you do that is through data, okay? So that's where we came up with this survey. So all the heroes that are listening to this, thank you for your participation. I know it's a pain in the butt a little bit, okay? But it's super important what you've been doing. So please continue. You know, at the end of the mission, we get, you know, get, ask you to, ha we ask you, you know, how you're feeling about this, that, and the other thing before, and then after, you know, and this, that's what we do. And, and this is what the data says, okay? The protective factors, you know, I'm just going to read these because uh, they show up. In, in ways in the questions that we've asked, but this is from the CDC. Um, you know, personal factors, protection, uh, uh, protect against suicide, you know, effective coping, problem solving, um, this kind of thing. Re reasons for living, family, pets, you know, something that gives you purpose. Strong sense of cultural identity. And then relationships, right? Protective factors in relationships. Think about that. It's important, right? So uh, healthy relationships and experiences that help protect against, you know, the risk of suicide. Support from partners, friends, and family. That's right up our alley, man. Feeling connected to others, right up our alley. Okay, community protective factors. This is another category. These things that are community experiences that protect against the risk of suicide. Okay, feeling connected to schools, communities, and other social institutions. Check. 
okay? Availability of consistent and high quality physical and behavioral health care, okay? So, you know, that's where your doctors and, 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 and the Veterans Administration and, and all the things that are available to our veterans come into play. And then there's so, uh, societal protective factors, reducing access to, to, to lethal means by, you know, uh, you know, securing firearms and this kind of thing. Cultural, religious, or moral objections to suicide. There's, those, are, those are the societal protective factors. So anyway, I just want to read that from the CDC. So we devised this survey, okay? And this is what we found, okay? Um, this, is, this is preliminary data, okay? It's not been released yet, and, it's, and, and, and we've got a lot. This was a snapshot in time. There's more data since this has been um, tabulated, but I just wanted to basically, you know, show you what's going on. Okay, so what veterans are saying, um, what they're showing up with is the, the, the slide. It's a pie chart. Uh, this is from our data. So they're showing up with these things, right? And then we ask them, how, you know, how do you feel about this? So the, the PTS, uh, post-traumatic uh, s- uh, stress uh, s- symptoms, okay, um, 137 uh, respondents, okay? We had two, 204, this is a 204 heroes responded, 137 said they had symptoms of PTSD when they showed up, okay? They showed up at the event. Well, that's to be expected. I mean, they were in combat, all right? Whether you were wounded or not, if you were there and did th- did the things that have to be done in combat, then, you know, I can understand why you might have a little bit of PTSD, right? I mean, some of the things are horrific. You can also be in a car accident, right? You know, this is not something that's unique just to soldiers, to service members, right? But, but you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome, okay? Disorder, whatever you want to call it, PTSD, PTS, same thing, okay? But 137 of the 204 said they showed up with that as an existing condition. Okay, um, let's see here. Here's another one. Loss of interest. Like half of them said that they, they, before the event, that they had lost interest in things. Okay, that's not good, right? Um, 94 of the 204, half of them said that, um, that they uh, felt isolated. Okay, 50%. Uh, they felt isolated. It's not good, right? Okay, and these are just some of the the big categories. You know, not part of a team. Sixty six percent said I don't, they don't feel part of a team. This is before the event. Sixty six percent not part of a team. Fifty six saying that they lack, lacking task and purpose in their life, and low self esteem. Okay, and, and and this kind of thing. L- low connections to communities. Over ninety ninety respondents. Okay, so this is all before. So. Here's the change reported. Okay, I'm just going to hit a couple of these. All right, after the event, this is what the 88 percent. Okay, said that they feel more connected to veterans. 88 percent, 164 of the 204. 88 percent. It's great, right? Okay, connections to nature. 83 percent felt greater connections to nature. Okay, how about this one? Isolated. 76 percent. 141 of them said they felt less isolated after a WWIA event. Their interest level is were was up 72%. 132 of them <laughs> of the 204 said that 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 they have greater interest after the after the operation. Self-esteem up by 58%, over half. Felt better about themselves after a WWIA event. Okay? And PTSD 47% or 50% of them, half of them basically 
just call it half of them, felt less PTSD stress, okay? They felt their conditions of PTSD either stayed the same or went down, okay? Is that, is it, the 47, 47% felt less, that 41% said about the same, and then 0% said that they felt more, okay? 12% said not applicable because they didn't have PTSD when they showed up, okay? But 50% said that they felt less uh, post-traumatic stress uh, as a result of participating in our event. Okay, so I asked Keith Tidball before the before the safety symposium this summer because he attended. I said, this is several months before the event. I said, buddy, you got to show up at this thing and you got to tell these guys what's going on with this data. They've been out there you know, supporting this survey for a couple of years now. And I think it's important that you tell them if this shit works or not. <laughs> Sorry, pardon my French. So Keith put together this slideshow and showed up at guide school in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, circled the chairs with all the guides, and we sat there by the fire and chatted about the results of the survey. And the title of the slide was, does this shit work? Question mark. And the answer is yes, it does. Okay. It really works. Okay. So you know, we're doing a lot of things here, thanks to your help, that are, that are you know, protecting against the risks and plight of suicide, you know, for the foundation. And I want to thank you for that. I wanted to mention it because it absolutely, you know, is, is, is very, very important what's, what's happening here. So, um, you know, God bless you. Okay, I'm going to transition here. I've been at this for 30 minutes. Probably tired of listening to me run my gums, but... You know, I, I I'm going to ramp up here in just a just a second because I I want to I want to um, touch on a couple of things, um, and that's really just like the you know the future. Okay, um, I know a lot of you that are supporting the foundation have just been busting your busting your hump, right? I mean, it's a lot of hard work, and as a volunteer, you know, I get it. I understand. You know, it's a lot, uh, but but the goodness that you've helped create. The lives you're saving, the lives you're changing, um, you, know, you just can't put a price tag on that. You just can't. And I know you feel good about it, and, and you should feel good about it, okay? Um, and some some of you, most of you, are doing all that you can, okay? But I'm going to ask for a little bit more, okay? I'm going to ask that you, you think about your communities, reaching deeper into your communities, finding folks uh, and, and organizations who want to get involved and can help. Okay, this is very, very expensive business. I mean, when I started this pl fl flight uh, airline tickets back in 2007, eight time frame were like $250, which seemed like a lot of money back then because it was. You know, to get on a plane, at least cost you $250, $300. Today, in the year 2023, it's $700. <laughs> it just is. <laughs> you all know if you're getting on a plane, now you might be able to go over to a lot, you know, one of these off brand. You know, uh, you know, get a get a you know, get a quick hop from you know Tampa to Chicago for you know two hundred dollars. But you know, many of these heroes that were flying across the nation for these missions have got a you know connecting flights, and you know they're just coming from all over the place. It's seven hundred dollars for a plane ticket. Okay, you know, at the end of the day, this is very expensive business. You, know, you got lodging, you got chow, you got insurance, you got licenses. I mean, all these things. Um, and, um, you know, and, and we need your help. If you're not involved, you know, get involved. There's lots of ways, you know, to, I think at the end of the podcast or maybe even at the beginning, we give you, uh, you know, how to 
get a hold of us, you know, get on the, the website, www.iaf.org, and, and, and there's a, you know, button, ways to help, you know, do what you can. And this is important work, you know, it, re- it really is. And it's going to continue to, to be, stay important because um, there's a lot of veterans out there, a lot of wounded veterans out there, uh, wounded warriors who, who, who need your help. And um, I, I want to say thanks again for, for all that you've done. But, um, you know, I want you, to, I want you to give a little bit more, you know, help us to, to serve more. We, we served 166 in 2023, and that's all we can do with the resources we have. You know, if we get more resources, we can do more missions. You know, and we actually had to say, you know, goodbye to a couple of missions this year because of funding, you know, or lack of funding or lack of support, you know, and um, that's just the reality of it. You know, we have, uh, you know, four full-time employees here at the foundation and, you know, some 6,000 volunteers across the country. And everybody here is spinning every, you know, multiple plates. Everybody's super busy, proud to be busy, you know. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're doing all we can with what we have. So my appeal to you is to, you know, to, to uh, get, get involved and find ways, more ways of supporting this mission and, and helping our heroes. And, and uh, for all those that are doing all they can, and, and um, you know, I want to say, you know, thank you. Thank you very, very much. I certainly can't start mentioning names because then I'll leave somebody out. But, you know, you know who you are. You know what you're doing. And, uh, you know, God bless you for it. And, and as we close out 2023, I want to say, you know, bravo Zulu. I think the Navy says that, you know, that's a bravo Zulu it means, you know, good job, you know, and you did a great job and, um, you know, I'm proud of you and, and I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy new year. If you're listening to this, you know, after the new year, uh, God bless you and, and welcome to 2024 make make it the best year yet and thanks for all you do all right bye to learn more about the mission of the wounded warriors in action foundation and how you can get involved please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on facebook instagram twitter and linkedin Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors. If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart heroes, please become part of our Sponsor Hero team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.